0: Welcome to the Paleo View. I'm Stacy Toth, best selling author and co creator of paleoparents.com, where we focus on real life solutions for families seeking health. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times
1: best selling author and creator of PaleoMom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics.
0: I like hashtags and bone broth, and I'm just a super nerd. Hello, listeners. We're back. Again. <laughs> How are you, Sarah? Uh, I have sent a
1: book off to the printer. Dun, da, da. It's out of my hands. I can't change it now, even if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I hit um, – I was actually really pleased this time around. I hit that, like, oh no, I'm really done with this thing, like really within within about 12 hours of it actually getting uploaded to the printer, whereas I think like my last couple of books, I like tapped out with a few days left. I was like, nope, <laughs> I'm done, I'm done. And this one I was like really highly involved, like right up until the very end, but I think it was sort of testament to um, how much better of a job I did looking after my own sort of physical and mental health throughout this whole process which is really impressive when you see how big the book is um one of my favorite things was I got a little like guess how big the binding is going to be (laughs) the spine of the book is going to be I was like oh man 1.8 inches
0: that's like an encyclopedia
1: yep pretty much so um so yeah so I I've been sleeping a lot (laughs) since it went to print I've been going to bed I think the 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 very next day, I went to bed. I was like, I'm not going to work tonight. I've got an, I've got another big project that I have to dive into, but I'm going to take a couple of nights where I don't work after the kids go to bed. And so at like 8:30, I was like, I have no idea what to do with myself. I honestly, I had zero ideas. I looked at my husband. I said, I, I think I'm just going to go to bed. He <laughs> did, and I fell asleep at like quarter after nine. And uh, it was the most glorious thing I've ever it, well that probably not ever experienced, but the most glorious thing in quite a while. Um, And that sort of, that that started me going, I'm just going to sleep as much as I want to now. Um, So it's, um, it's been good because I I do have this other really, really big project um, that I was hoping to have more time to prepare for because I was hoping paleo principles principles would go to print at least a week earlier. Um, So now I'm Scrambling for another project but um but at the same time i'm I'm like, ah, I can take a few nights to just you know go to bed basically when the kids go to bed and sleep ten hours and it's been uh, it's been really good for me, so i'm I'm in a good place. I might actually be able to speak coherently during this week's podcast this is this is my promise not my promise i don't I don't want to promise actually now that I said that I, I feel really uneasy, promising coherent talk but I think I think the listeners will be able to tell the difference that's what I'm saying
0: Well, I've got a lot to cover, and I'm pretty sure you're familiar with this topic. Um, Given your recent post as well. So, it should be easy, easy sailing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to talk about what I did last weekend. But we actually just got back this weekend from traveling and did an entire weekend in Staunton, Virginia. The locals pronounce it Stanton, but there's an OU in there. Um, so, I don't know if you remember, but Russ, um, the domestic man, And Brent and Heather from that paleo couple, and we did like this bacon cook-off to benefit. I don't even remember what it was. uh, Was It it was probably farm to table legal defense fund. Yeah, it was probably something like that. Um, But it was like using polyface pork because that's the local town for polyface. and so we've been there a bunch of times because when we go to Polyface, we'll stop at that town to eat lunch on the way out. And so we knew that there was the place uh, for lunch, cranberries, serves like kombucha on tap. And all of their food is Polyface uh, meat and uh, very gluten-free and vegan-friendly, um, not necessarily the same things but um you know they they really accommodate all kinds of different things and then there's also like a um grass-fed gelato place in town and this weekend in particular so we'd been there a lot of times so we liked the town but this weekend um they turned the entire town into uh what they called queen city's potter party or mischief and magic and so it's like a you know non-trademarked Harry Potter party essentially and um it was it was just it was so much fun and amazing we had like zero plans we literally just hung out and spent time together in this great little town for the weekend and got to support a whole bunch of local businesses and um it just you know be a family played Human wizard chess and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, that sounds like so much fun. It was. Ooh. It was much like how you've been relaxing. This is my own um, kind of recharge because the weekend before I traveled um, for what was both a business and a pleasure trip for my birthday, um, going to the West Coast for a long weekend. And then um, it's the end of the fiscal year for me, which, you know, we've talked about on the podcast before, um, is crazy. So, and by crazy, I mean very busy at work. So it was a nice little recharge, and we're back. We just literally walked in the door about fifteen minutes ago. So, um, and we're hosting a like happy hour for work tomorrow because I just can't stop doing too much. Like, what is wrong with us, Type A personality?
1: I don't know. I was just thinking that I was like what is it about I, both of us we both yeah. do this and it's not even like I, I i i joke that i'm not very good at saying no to things but that's not it at all i come up with these yes. ideas myself this is totally i came I, up with this plan it's because... not like someone said hey do would you like to you know would you like to host this happy hour or for me would you like yes. to would you like to do this big filming project no i just go i think a great plan would be and i'm going to schedule this for
0: And I, 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 uh, Worst time possible. Let me look at my calendar. Yep. This one right here. This is good. Yes. Yes. That's totally what is happening. But um, for me, it is an appreciation for the team at work because things have been so hectic. And so um, it's my, my thank you. We can push through one more week kind of thing. So it'll be good. And all of that, it's just a bit of chaos to plan it. So are your kitchen renovations done? No, uh, uh-uh, no, absolutely not. They <laughs> haven't even begun except for um, I have giant holes in my ceiling with blue painter's tape holding them together in every single room in the downstairs because they were looking for load-bearing walls. So it's super classy. <laughs> awesome. Um, but I-, I told everybody at work, I was like, you'll get to see the before and after. It's fine. I mean – that's not what it's about. So
1: I mean, it it's really in the like it's a beautiful kitchen already. Like I know it's not what you want, but it's like a perfectly acceptable space to host a, a work function.
0: Yeah, no, it's not unfunctional. Don't think that it's like a 1940s Bug infested <laughs> mold city. Like, it's perfectly fine kitchen. It's just, it clearly was people who did not cook. So it's like, you know, half of everything that we need. Like, the fridge is way small, and the dishwasher is way small. And the cooktop is so confusing that it takes three people and the internet to be able to turn it
1: on. <laughs> My favorite moment, I have to say, uh, my youngest daughter, because they have my kids have the week off school this coming week. Uh, I know that sounds strange, but they're on a, what's called an equal calendar, so they get a week off um, every six weeks of school. So they started back our, uh, July thirty first, and we're already at our like week off of 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 school. And my youngest daughter said, "Can, can we go? Can we go to DC again?" And and stay with and stay with our friends. Oh, <laughs> and, and I was like, well, we can't. But this week, but because they're going to have to be in school. But we can definitely come up with another time for that. Uh, well, I turns say- out, turns out she had big plans to play more um, computer games with
0: Wesley. <laughs> um. Newsflash that can happen anywhere. Can to be our <laughs> house. Um, no, DC is beautiful in the fall, and that was part of why we actually enjoyed driving out, um, about two hours to uh, two and a half hours to stand because the uh, this area is just amazing in the fall as the leaves change and the Blue Ridge Mountain in the background. So, I would recommend to anyone if you're thinking about going to the Harry Potter Fest, it's every year. So I would definitely recommend to anybody who's considering going to the Harry Potter Fest next year, definitely worth going. The hotels are not that expensive. You just have to book early before they sell out. Um, and it's totally worth the drive um, if you're anywhere in a driving distance to go. And um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. So... Jumping into kind of overall um topic, and the reason that I wanted to talk about this is because it was inspired by my trip last weekend, so the weekend before last uh before so for you, it was the weekend before last because the time warp for me, it was last weekend'cause today's Sunday, but anyway, um, that weekend, I traveled to California. Santa Barbara to be specific, um, for a beauty counter event, what was kind of like a business slash, uh, personal, uh, trip for me because it was, um, it was like an incentive trip. So it was a lot of, you know, just having nice dinners and being around people, a lot of people in the paleo community. So for me, like Liz Wolf, for example, was there. Cassie Joy. Um, I don't want to list off everybody because then I'll forget, but there there were a bunch of uh, people from the community um, who were there as well. And so it was just a nice kind of getaway. I haven't done a not going somewhere with my family thing in almost 18 months because it was just part of the commitment that I made for us to really kind of spend more time together. But because everything but the flight was taken care of. It seemed silly to not go, especially because it was kind of a spa weekend on my birthday. So I was like, hey, this doesn't sound it's too, sound, no, doesn't it sounds sound too great. shabby at all. Um, so it was a great weekend. I learned a lot. But what was amazing for me is I went on this um, garden tour at what I understand is America's number one garden, Lotus Land. And we did this tour of... Lotusland, which I thought was just going to be, you know, the tour at Lotusland. But it turns out that it was led, it was co-led by the person who does the normal stuff at Lotusland and then the head of product development at Beauty Counter. And this is not a Beauty Counter podcast. It just happens to be that this is the knowledge set of this person. And um, what was amazing to me is he has all of this knowledge about the product. plants and how they function and they work and how that can be harnessed. And I think one of the phrases that he used during the tour was, like, nature has been doing this, you know, research and development for billions of years, and we humans don't need to engineer all of this stuff. We can just... Learn how to use what nature has already invented. And it was kind of a a fascinating perspective for me to kind of have somebody say that because one of the things that I learned is, you know, when you buy a product, any kind of natural product versus a product that is um, engineered, you're going to have variances, you know, and so it's difficult for anybody to make a more natural or non-toxic product that has consistency with color, texture, smell, all that kind of stuff, because every crop of plant that you're using is going to have a little bit of variance. And so to think about the the complications, but also the inventive and the unique way that nature is providing these products and how we as humans can use them without engineering them, which makes, you know, on one hand, things so much easier and, you know, better for us in most cases. Um, and then on the other hand, more difficult to manufacture and keep, you know, a perfect, um, replication year after year. So, um, I thought it was just fascinating. Like I posted a video, I think like a week and a half ago on my YouTube channel, which is weird to say. I know you have one. I don't know if you're active on it, but I'm going to try hard to release videos once a week now. Um, But one of the things that um, I had shared was like this video of him talking about water lilies and how... They're like the only plant that can be completely submerged in water and still thrive. That most plants would drown in some sort of way if they don't have access. And I'm not talking about sea plants like, you know, sea vegetables or whatever. Mm. I'm talking about regular plants. Um, It can be completely submerged in water and still thrive. And he was describing like the way that the plant structure is in the stem of the plant and how it is completely structurally different than a plant on land in order to be like, I guess, strong and um, at the same time, allow the water to kind of like go through or go around without penetrating or soaking it. So, and he was like saying, they're trying to figure out, what is it about the plant? Is it like the waxy material in the outside? Is it the structural changes in the inside? Like the fibers or whatever that make it water resistant because that can be used in so many natural applications for things like waterproof mascara, which the natural non-toxic beauty community doesn't really have right now. Um, So it's just like blew my mind to be in this amazing garden. And there's um, like these trees there that they're the only ones in the world there are only 12 of them in the whole world and they're there at that garden i mean they look like a regular tree to me but it was fascinating to like hear about how they were invented how they were named how they like came to be in this garden and how the woman who owned the garden had to um sell off a million dollars worth of jewelry in order to buy these plants and like you know the storytelling of the garden was really great and so I think they call it grounding, right? Where I just felt really connected to the mm-hmm. earth and to nature in general to be around so much diversity of nature and plants and to hear how, not just for looking at, but how they apply to our daily lives. And um, I kind of just wanted to to dive into that because I was feeling really inspired um, and just mind blown from the whole experience. And I know you'd recently uh, been talking about nature in general as well.
1: Yeah. So I um, just posted a um, blog post about the Um, scientific studies looking into the benefits of connection with nature. And this was a topic that I um, had researched in much more depth for paleo principles uh, for the the lifestyle section to sort of round things out because I had done – a little bit of research for, for the paleo approach, but I, I really felt like I wanted, there were a couple of, there were quite a few topics actually that I covered in the paleo approach in a sort of surface way that I wanted to do a deep dive into for, for paleo principles and nature time was one of them. And in part, you know, my, my um, original motivation for wanting to do that comes from my own, you know, like that same experience that you've had of, Uh, when I do have the opportunity to be in, um, you know, a a forest or a garden or on the beach, that I I find that time extremely rejuvenating. And um, and it's not, um, you know, I think a lot of people can kind of, I think they can lump connection with nature, you know, if we call this grounding or earthing, um, they can lump those in with, uh, sort of woo-woo <laughs> science, right? Ideas that are not are not very well founded. But actually, there's some really rigorous, well-controlled scientific studies looking at the benefits of nature, and we can actually see this in some cultures. For example, you know, the Japanese actually, um, you know, they have these these huge forest sort of preserve areas that are designed for people to go and uh, connect with nature and be among the trees to be able to reduce their stress levels and improve their health and sort of come back to their urban uh, environments and be more sort of productive citizens. And so we can see, you know, some, some, even some um, sort of westernized, industrialized countries taking advantage of uh, some of what we know about the benefits of nature and, you almost instituting nature as a society is something that's that's a, a top priority and we don't do that and I think it's it would be really fun to kind of summarize some of this science by way of maybe emphasizing um, first of all that it's it's not woo-woo that it really is a worthwhile time investment to, to seek out some kind of natural environments during the week um, but that also you know reframing, not just our own individual lives, but um, sort of the structure of our society, because we're at a time right now where we're spending more time indoors than we ever have in our lives. Um, and when we even when we're active, we tend to go to a gym, right, or go to a track like we're not we're not even that the times in our lives where we could be, you know, going for a hike in the woods, we're not necessarily making those choices. And I think this is has to do with really not recognizing the the separate benefits of being in nature over and above, say, the benefits of being active. Right. So, if you're active in nature, you get more benefits than just being active. So, the research is kind of divided into different subtopics in terms of um, nature connection, um, and so. Going back to um, some of what the, you know, the Japanese are doing of of going and spending time in a forest. Um, There's some studies showing that if you spend several hours in a forest, that it dramatically improves uh, immune function. Um, And, for example, natural killer cells, which are a type of immune cell that patrol the body for infected cells and uh, cancerous cells. So if a cell starts turning into cancer, it's this immune cell's job to find it and eliminate it before it can become a problem. The activity of those cells goes up 50% after being in a forest for a few hours. Wow. uh, Which is a really impressive immune boost. And for my autoimmune listeners who go, well, hang on, you know, sometimes when we talk about an immune boost, that's not necessarily right. This is different than stimulating the immune system. This is improving immune function, um, and this is something that would be beneficial across the board. Um, if you were to take three days and go camping in the forest, um, that improvement in immune function actually lasts for at least a week. So you can look at a long a long weekend, right, camping trip that. The benefits of that time are going to extend for long after you get back. Um, but that's sort of like, okay, we don't all, we can't all just go up to the woods every, every weekend. How about a short period of time? So, in a like this, the like how how much time is a minimum amount of time to get these effects? Studies um, spending as little as thirty minutes per week in some kind of green space so this is can even be like an urban park right some kind of uh, a, a, a nice you know backyard right some kind of green space um, has can reduce blood pressure which is a high blood pressure of course is a is a very significant risk for cardiovascular disease and depression um, by like 10%. so 30 minutes per week. Can have measurable improvements in our health, so uh, the, the the more we get obviously we can we can measure some bigger effects, but we can see measurable statistically significant effects with fairly minimal time commitment so that 's green. How about blue? Um, you know for me i I actually feel even more sort of rapidly at peace if i 'm sitting on a beach and and I always sort of I always attribute that to the fact that I grew up um, blocks from the Pacific Ocean, and the Pacific Ocean was such a major part of, of my formative years. Um, you know, that's where we would take the dog for a walk along the beach. Right, that was it was just such a big part of my life. But studies actually show that um, whether you're sitting in a park or on a beach, you can have pretty major improvements to um, Psychological health, as measured by total mood disturbance scores, um, and that it doesn't really matter whether or not it's a green space or an ocean space. It seems to matter mostly that it's nature, and and there's some probably some reasons for that. Um, nature uh, tends to be the 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 visual stimulus and the auditory stimulus. Is not particularly predictable, but it also doesn't grab our attention. Um, so it's it's sort of very chaotic. It's not patterns, right? It's very stochastic. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't um, right like walking in a on a city street where you have to watch for cars and you have to pay attention to all of these other things around you. There isn't a an alert aspect to to being in this time. This might be one of the reasons why. Being in nature can be very beneficial. Um, and it's, it seems to be even better if we can combine nature time with activity. Um, so, you know, we all know that living an active lifestyle um, improves our health dramatically. But there's been some interesting studies comparing a sort of 45, 50 minute walk in. Uh, you know, on a c- city streets versus the same amount of walk in on a you know a trail, and they they control for as much as they can, right? They control for walking speed and elevation, right? Like one's not going uphill, like it's everything's flat, right? They control for both of those things. So really, the difference is right, sights, sounds, smells, really those those main senses. And what's interesting is compared to walking in an urban setting, walking in nature has some pretty big impacts on a lot of mental health measures. So things like uh, it decreases anxiety, it reduces uh, rumination, which is that sort of persistent, repeated, negative, inward thoughts, right, where we we um, sort of get stuck in that, that cycle. Um, it... Reduces negative mood, so it improves mood. Um, It improves symptoms of depression. It improves cognition, so it actually improves things like memory and uh, performance, like cognitive performance. So um, you can give people various types of of tests, and you can see that they're thinking faster and solving problems faster uh, after spending time walking in nature compared to. Um, walking in a city. So by in that way, you can separate out the benefits of being in nature versus being somewhere else, and you get these benefits above and beyond what exercise would do if you can exercise in a natural environment. Um, it reduces – I think one of the big things is it reduces HPA axis activity, and you can measure that in lower blood pressure, reduced cortisol levels, reduced adrenaline levels, um and uh more energy uh and reduced uh fatigue, confusion, and anxiety, so like like to me I mean that's all of those things what I hear is quality of life, right I hear uh okay so immune function, mental performance um mood uh, energy levels like these are all things that that really impact our enjoyment walking through life. Um, and what's really, I think, exciting is that, um, you know, going back to the, the equivalent studies of, like, how, how – what's our minimum amount of time to get an effect? Um, there was one study that looked at a 15-minute stroll through an urban park. So this is just finding a city park and a 15-minute, not even a brisk walk, um, and they were able to show – Lower sympathetic nerve activity, so that is calming of the HPA axis or, um, you know, calming the fight or flight response. Um, Higher parasympathetic activity, which is, you know, we're we're calming, we're relaxed. Um, And um, even the subjective reports were very similar, right? I feel comfortable, I feel relaxed, um, I feel energetic, I feel full of life. Um, And then they were also able to show that people felt less anxiety and fewer negative emotions. Um, and the benefits were not weather dependent. So what was really neat about that study was they looked at walks um, during different seasons and showed that even a 15-minute walk through an urban park in the winter showed the same benefits, which I think is really cool. Um, so then there's um, some studies that are starting to tease out um, uh, some some more of the, the mechanisms. And there's also studies that are looking at how to structure uh, nature-based therapies. So nature-based therapies are um, – they're, they're del- designed for people with um, some um, type of psychological disorders. Um, so uh, recovering from addiction, um, PTSD, those types of things. And they'll, they'll take people with um, these types of mental health challenges – and what they'll do is they'll take them into a natural environment for an extended period of time. So uh, typically at least several days, right? You could think of this as doing, um, be kind of like uh, choosing to do a workshop, right? In in a natural environment where you're you're camping and you're you're doing all kinds of fun survival things, right? Like it, it, those types of activities, um, and then they're often Um, combine a mindfulness practice in with the nature connection time. So they might do um, sort of, uh, you know, deep breathing as they walk or, um, you know, touching touching nature, touching a tree, trying to feel connected. So there's nature-based therapies take this science that shows time spent walking or being in nature benefits health and that tries to, Uh, structure it in in such a way as to maximize the therapeutic value of time spent in nature. And the um, benefits of uh, nature therapy is, is really pretty dramatic. So it reduces cortisol levels. It lowers heart rate. It improves mood. It improves cognitive function. It dramatically reduces inflammation and oxidative stress um, And uh, improves immune function and reduces HPA access, reduces – wait, I already said reduces heart rate. So like measurements of – these are cardiovascular disease risk factors, uh, mental health measures, and immune function measures. And they're all improving with this amount of time. Um, So it's it's pretty phenomenal um, how you can take – Take something that could benefit all of us and, like, ramp it up to a therapeutic level. Even something like gardening um, can have some pretty amazing therapeutic benefits. So there's scientific studies that look at um, people who – you know, have a you know, gardening as a as a hobby. They tend to have better life satisfaction, stronger senses of community, um, a a better sense of vigor, which is, you know, feeling energetic and full of life, right? Uh reduced stress and anxiety. Um, they tend to have lower um or they tend to be a healthier weight. They tend to have lower levels of depression and overall greater happiness. So just whatever we can do to find time to, to to bring nature into our lives, and studies that that start to isolate sights versus sounds versus smells really show that all of them independently benefit us so there's studies showing that if you look at a picture of a scenic view, so so, uh, you're looking at hills and the ocean in the background. Even that can benefit our health. It can do things like lower blood pressure measurably. Um, there's been some studies that have looked at um, aromatics from trees as benefiting us. So you could potentially mimic that with some um, essential oils, for example. Although Certainly not all essential oils would necessarily create that same sense. Um, There's um, studies looking at taking people and giving them a headphone of nature sounds versus giving them headphones of city sounds and measuring their blood pressure and their heart rate and – um, measures of stress and just showing that the nature sounds are very, very calming and reduce um, things like blood pressure and stress and anxiety, whereas the city sounds do the opposite. So it really looks like every aspect of being out in nature is is beneficial to us. And so I think, you know, it's it's a fascinating, fairly new scientific field Um but it does really emphasize how important it is to kind of – I think for a lot of us, we really have to choose. It's not um, it's not necessarily a natural thing that we get exposed to in our lives, especially if we live in, in cities or in suburbs. But to take time in our week, right? Like clearly – Spending three, four days out in nature is going to be best, but there's these studies showing that a 15-minute walk in a park can benefit us, or 30 minutes per week in a forest can benefit us. So taking – Those very minimal goals and incorporating them into our lives, I think the science is really compelling that that's a very valuable thing to do uh, to improve our overall health. And as we've talked about on this podcast many times, one of the things that really resonates for both of us about the paleo template is it's not just about food. It's also about the lifestyle inputs to health. And so it's one of the reasons why we talk about sleep and stress management and activity. And nature, I think, is um a, a, f- a fourth pillar right in terms of um these lifestyle habits that can help support health and i think it's it's a it's a something that um is easy to put on the back burner just like so many lifestyle things that really um we could benefit a lot from from paying more attention and, and putting it higher up on our priority lists
0: it makes me feel less guilty about glamping instead of camping. <laughs> I'm getting all these health benefits from just being <laughs> outside in yeah.
1: nature. Well, and um nobody said that you had to sleep on the ground. Exactly. To get to get the benefits of being out in nature. So, um there's some interesting studies showing that uh, physical connection, so um you know, walking Barefoot uh, on the beach, for example, or um, you know, in the woods, <laughs> provided you know that's safe um can be can be beneficial as well. Um one of the things that we didn't have time to get into, and we we can do this for a separate podcast if if people want. um but the idea of earthing and grounding where uh, you have, right, was like electromagnetic. Ion, ion flow from the earth to your body and how, right, this is led into all of these products like grounding mats and grounding shoes. Um, it'd be very, very worthwhile to just emphasize that this, there is no science to support that aspect of nature. <laughs> like the, um, it seems as though the benefits of nature are not related to ion exchange or any of the other um, things that you might hear in relation to earthing or grounding, and I do have a post coming down down the pipe specifically about sort of debunking that aspect of the benefits of nature. So, so you know, don't don't go out and buy crazy shoes and mats that help you connect to the earth better. Just go spend time where earth is natural, um, and that will give you all of the benefits. So this is this is this is a great one because it doesn't cost money, except for say, maybe maybe parking right, at a, at a state park or national park.
0: Maybe well, I would, sense. I would just say to be careful where you're going and what you're doing. Cole got a nasty case of chiggers while we were camping. Cause he was running through tall grass and forest to nerf gun fight with brothers and definitely went through some sort of nest or something. So, you know, be, be careful, obviously check for ticks, um, there are, you know, ways to be safe and, and check yourself and, and all that kind of stuff.
1: I, I awesomely got poison IV during eclipse day.
0: <laughs> but these are not things that, well, I'm not going to say they're not it's... things that won't kill you because maybe somebody has like a anaphylactic reaction to these things. But for the most part, this is just living and we all kind of go through the stuff and we learn the lesson to Check for poison ivy leaves, or to you know be careful where we're treading, <laughs> or things like that. But yes,
1: um, and and do tick checks, especially if you live somewhere where um, there's a high percentage of ticks with Lyme. Um, but it it really the the benefits are so profound. Finding ways and and remember this can be even tamed nature. So if you you know do live in a really high Lyme area and you don't want to go in the woods you know, go, go to a, um, a horticultural center or to a a nice urban park near you where you know that there's not likely to be ticks, but you're still going to get the benefits of nature. So, um, like so much in paleo, this is a, here's, here's the idea. Um, now figure out how this fits into your life rather than how your life fits into it. So access, budget, other independent risk factors. I mean, all of those things are, are also, um, uh, factors for each of our individual decisions, right?
0: Yeah. And I would love to get a copy of, or have you share a link. We'll, we'll work with you to get, um, a link to some of the science findings, but particularly one of the ones that you mentioned that was interesting to me was the, um, the aromatics that are in nature because that Mm -hmm. was one of the things that has always really connected me is I have I think I'm like one of those super tasters super smellers like I'm just highly sensitive to aromas in general um like I'll be the first one to smell that popcorn's burning and my office is like the opposite end of the kitchen right like I can just smell it right away um when I'm in nature, I completely pick up on, um, I think there's a cleanliness of the air that I can detect. And I know that that sounds woo-woo and that's fine. But um, I definitely feel like um, it's different when you're surrounded, not just in like an urban park wouldn't do it for me. But like when I go camping or in this very large, you know, 300-acre um land, or even if I'm on kind of a secluded type beach area and not like a metro type beach area, I can really smell the salt in the ocean. I can smell all those kinds of things. And I think it's really interesting how I'm curious if the mechanism there is kind of stress related, you know, like if it's a calming effect on this is a different environment, this is a soothing environment, there's no stress here, there's no whatever, like, it calms or if there's something different about the aromatics that could potentially be harnessed in a, you can take it away, not necessarily a grounding mat, but like is something like a rosemary oil or a whatever um, going to offer some of the same benefits. So it's, it's kind of interesting to me.
1: So I can answer that question a little bit more. Um, This is actually something that I write about in paleo principles, but is not actually included in my blog post. Um, so the the chemicals that are um, triggering that response are called – I don't know if I'm actually pronouncing this right – phytoncides. Um, I might not be pronouncing that correctly. I'll have to find a medical dictionary pr- pronunciation helper to figure <laughs> that out before I read, read the audiobook for this puppy. Um, but they, th- this is a class of uh, – aromatic chemicals that plants emit that are airborne and this is what sort of classically gives uh, the forest their scent this is what gives right the desert has that that amazing smell after it rains. Um, so these are all, all of these chemicals that the, the smell when it rains I mean that it's not the same anywhere else as the desert but it's still an amazing smell everywhere um, and there's some interesting studies where they've Um, isolated some of those chemicals. So uh, pinenes, which are from, you guessed it, pine trees, um, alpha pinene and beta pinene. When people inhale them, it improves immune function. So it improves the activity of those natural killer cells that we talked about at the beginning of this. It reduces cortisol um, as well. So it's it's improving immune function and reducing stress. So um, you would get those in wood essential oils, so I'm not sure if you would get that from rosemary, but if you were to get that from essential oils that are from a tree, um, you would get certainly those uh, those sides, uh, I'm saying them again, potentially incorrectly, um, that have been scientifically studied. So um, I I think there is some ways that we can bring nature inside. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. There's um, some studies showing, uh, for example, if you're in a hospital room that looks out over a garden versus a hospital room that looks out over a parking lot, um, that you have a better outcome if you're in the hospital room that looks out over a garden. Um, there's some interesting research showing that having houseplants around can, um, at least at a lower level, replicate some of the benefits of nature. So I would think that you could do things, for example, like have, um, you know, a vase of flowers or a house plant or something at your desk and have um, have some nature sounds going on your uh, – I bet there's like a dozen different apps that will do it on your phone. Um, And you could have some wood essential oils – going and you could have your screensaver is a beautiful you know waterfall right like and you could you i'm sure you can bring the the various aspects of this inside i'm not sure that necessarily replaces that full immersion in nature um but i think there's a lot of little bits and pieces in this informa- in this sort of scientific study that that tells us ways that we could can potentially bring a sense of nature into, into our daily lives to
0: have an overall calming effect. Love it. Well, I am kind of curious about the trees versus others, but the idea of bringing nature in, having a positive effect is definitely something we can all do pretty easily. So that's exciting. Um,
1: I, I, I find this, this whole Feel I, I love, um, you know, there's so many ideas that we see on the internet. And I, I tend to find as I start to research them, they fall into like the one of two categories. Holy smokes, there's some really good science to support this, which, you know, connection with nature, there, there really is. And then, <laughs> wow. This is a load of hooey,
0: <laughs> which we <we've, laughs> which, we've, which we've covered in the podcast before, we have covered, but not we have nearly have as those. often as it comes up. <laughs> that, that is that is true.
1: Um, so those ideas tend to fall in one, one of the other of those two categories, and I always find it really interesting when an idea that sounds really crunchy granola actually has um, really strong science to support it, and that's what time and nature nature qualifies as. So. Um, I get to geek out and that's my favorite thing to do.
0: <laughs> well, it was a nice a nice balance of both um allowing your brain to not need to compute too much but <laughs> getting into kind of the um the basics of what the paleo view has been built upon for these many many years now. Um it's not often we get to dive into a new topic cuz we've been doing it so that's long. True. Um but this is this is definitely interesting, and even if the listeners don't ask, I would like to uh, do the follow-on show. And But I would be interested also in looking more into um, the details of, you know, what oils specifically may or may not be beneficial to people and what the science might say to support it, because it's something I just have had pause on, not knowing um, where the science supports and, you know, what may be beneficial for us
1: it it's a very complex topic and i think we could we could almost certainly do an overview show um but the the thing with essential oils is there's actually a a real shortage of uh, scientific studies into the different oils so most of what you see is um like unsubstantiated claims but there are some oils in which there is some science to support that so it's like it's the uh grain of truth that sort of taken to uh really crazy levels um so with essential oils there are some that have some really interesting properties and there is some science to support um, Sort of the aromatherapy side of things, um, and then there's some there's plenty of essential oils in which there's there's not a single scientific study to to evaluate its effects. So um, so I think definitely doing sort of an overview of that it it's the kind of thing to get really really deep into the science um, would take me some time like a lot of time like a really
0: really ton of time. Yeah, no, it's not something that <laughs> needs to happen tomorrow, um, but. I know it's something that I would personally be interested in and I'm sure um, our listeners would love um, to talk about the science of of it as well. And so it's just one of those areas that um, like cleaning products has been on my list of I need to figure out kind of the the best way to detox and improve that part of my life. And it just – has been ongoing as a to do list for quite a while. And I think part of that is that it just feels so overwhelming on like where to start in terms of what to look into and what to believe when you're looking at source information, right? This is something that we've talked about in the show before. Mm-hmm. Um so that would be great. But we we know that you're still recovering uh from submitting your book for sure. And and jumping
1: into this other crazy big yes, project yes, and yes. recording an audiobook for Peely Principles, yeah,
0: that I can't. That's going to take you eight years. Um. I, I,
1: I think it's going to take me. Uh, Working on it full time three straight weeks. Wow! I think um, we're now. It's going to be an abridged audiobook because the book is 672 pages, um, and I thought it was no a bit silly. No one to hear you
0: read recipes. Yeah,
1: I thought it was a bit silly to read recipes and numbers and tables. Um, but I'm going to. Um, it, I mean, I still have to sit down with my editor virtually, and uh, and hash out exactly how we're going to 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 do this. But I'm pretty sure the narrative is going to stay intact and then what's going to um get dropped is sort of like the the tables and the and the recipes and the rest of it will stay there but even an abridged audiobook i wouldn't be
0: surprised if it's like 50 hours long (laughs) so well it'll uh, be good educational listening um, I personally eat the yolks was one of my like favorite books uh, to read on audio. I loved Liz's recording of that book, so I'm looking forward to a digestible format for me because I cannot read, um, you know, six hundred and some pages of of a book. I don't have that time, but I can certainly. Make it's time a beach to read,
1: really. It's it's
0: light, it's light, it's like a <laughs> light, little light reading, light reading. I mean, the book's going to weigh like seven pounds, so
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Uh-oh. well, thank you, listeners, for joining us today. And given that it sounds like Sarah is willing to do a little more research and to follow <laughs> this up with uh, maybe a couple more shows in our what we can call nature series or na- natural living series, or who know? I mean, natural living would be so. Broad, but who knows what what we'll call them, but um, if you do have specific questions that you would like us to answer on this topic, let us know, and we will do our best to either answer your specific question or a question like it in upcoming shows. If you enjoyed this show and um, if you enjoy the show in general, we would love for you to recommend it to your friends or to review and rate it on iTunes and or wherever you're listening. And of course, as always, you can find show notes on our blogs, which you will also find um, ways to support us on the sidebars of our blogs, because we're not inundating you with obnoxious commercials throughout the (laughs) podcast. Uh, So if you would like to support us so that we can, uh, you know, continue to produce this podcast and host it for you, we would sincerely appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to The Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal.
0: Oh my goodness. Hold on. I'm sorry. I don't want my burp on.
1: Seeking the truth never gets old.